I've drove for like three more weeks. It's been two months for me. Like the oh, beginning wow. of December until the beginning of February. Nice. That's why the beard is looking it's, like yeah, it's looking. It's, it's, it's looking good. Because I really do not shave except for drill weekends because my face would punch me yeah. in the face. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, or the throat. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so you're a little bit under the weather. We're going to get you. We'll get you through this. Right. You make it. You okay. make it. You make it. And tonight, I mean, we get to talk about Jesus and the Like Jesus series. So that's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be yeah, fun. I think, uh, yeah, I think this will be interesting with the. Uh, is that it, it, like the other one? Like we, I like prepped a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and um, and you know had stuff written out and all that. But I think this one, this would be more interesting. It would be more free flow. Um, but I kind of like looking at it. Made me reflect on something that I taught on. I don't know, back in October, maybe. And yeah. I'm a- I'm going to try to find the, uh, because I sent you the paper, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try to find that real quick. What about those uh, Wolverines? Wolverines? Man, Man, I tell you what. (laughs) That was was a very fun game to watch. Like, just all the way through it, you know, just something that I thought, you know, it felt really good to like be in control the entire game, right? Yeah. Like, r- really in control the entire game. Nothing to really like worry about. Like, yeah, there was some concern, right? That some concern that there was, you know, they were going to come back or whatever. But I mean, at the end of the day, Michigan <laughs> never trailed in that game. Michigan never was under any threat in that game. Yeah. And, you know, it was uh, just something that was, I mean, I, I, haven't saw... seen, I haven't seen a championship that I cared about since the 04 Pistons. The yeah. Wings have won since then. Mm-hmm. But the last championship that I cared about was the 04 Pistons. And so it was really cool because I've seen, you know, I got really close with the Tigers in 2012 and 2013. Was, yeah. And they failed, and then yeah. the Lions are finally good. Except for they got to face Matthew Stafford on Sunday, which is yeah, that'll be that'll be an interesting one. <sighs> but, yeah, maybe the, that's maybe that's a game you you could come over for. Uh is it is Sunday it's evening? Eight fifteen. It says oh. it's a late night game. Yeah, let me clear hmm. that with Jess. We'll see. Yeah, uh, if that would be that something the... that you would be interested in. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't get home until late, though, because that game's yeah. going to go till midnight, oh, yeah. and then you'd have yeah. to drive yeah. to the boondocks. But, yeah, so um, we're going to continue tonight the 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 series on Like Jesus. We haven't done it since um, – I was looking at the notes earlier. We haven't done an installment of this since the beginning of November. Yeah. Which is which is fine. That's what kind of these are, are meant for. Yeah. Um, but I have liked that we have started the last two podcasts with prayer yeah. and I'm going, and I, that's something that I think that we need to be doing more of at the yeah. beginning of every podcast. And like, I don't know if you've watched the videos on YouTube or not, but I've, I've cut like just before the prayer starts and then 
kind of introduce, we do the prayer. So like everybody knows, Hey, like we have a soul focus here. Yeah. We're the two chaps pod, but our focus is always going to be Jesus and glory. Right. So you good. I know yeah. you're good at that. Like, yeah. I, know, I know I don't have to ask for permission. I know you're going to be. Yeah, okay no, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely fine with that. Yeah. So, and we'll get you talking as little as possible tonight. <laughs> the cold. So I, I can do the prayer. Yeah. We're going to do uh, another yeah. installment of our Like Jesus. Um, remember, C.S. Lewis did Mere Christianity as radio broadcast during World War II that eventually turned into a book. And that's kind of what Coleman and I are doing with this Like Jesus series. There's been two of them so far. Uh, this will be the third installment. And we will um, get the transcript and maybe produce a book from it. Yeah. Um, and And that'll be... Uh, something to be looking out for in the future. So before we jump into that, Coleman, let me pray for us, and then we'll hit the ground running. All right? Sounds good. Father God, I love you, and I thank you for who you are, uh, for the day that you have made, which by default makes it good. And I just pray that you would be with us tonight, God, that our our hearts would be still, that our minds would be clear, and that we would talk through the growth and the growth mindset that your son displayed while he was here on earth so that we could become more like him in that image. God, I pray the things that we say and the things that we do tonight would bring honor and glory to your name and your name alone. And it's through Jesus that we pray all things. Amen. Amen. You ready? Absolutely. Here we go. What is going on, everybody? It is the two chaps, Pot Coleman and AJ, ready to come at you this week with another installment of our Like Jesus series. It's a series that is just us fleshing out these ideas that I wrote about in grad school, um, but we're going to continue to flesh them out and potentially put them into print at some point, much like C.S. Lewis did with Mere Christianity back during World War II, and tonight, Coleman, we're going to look at the idea of Jesus's continuing to learn. His, for lack of a yeah. better term, the popular word is growth mindset. Yeah. Right? And so here's what I wrote in the paper. Maybe this can be a place that we jump off from, okay? Sure. Said this, learning is, very, is a very important aspect of life. It's one thing that isn't afforded to everyone and can be easily taken for granted. Yet interesting, Jesus himself was a learner. As a child, his parents found him sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions in Luke 2.46. In the chaplain ministry for us, it's imperative that one approaches their ministry with a desire for lifelong learning. This can be academic or social, each preparing the chaplain for a ministry that will best serve uh, with whom they've been entrusted or best serve those whom they've been entrusted. And I think that idea of lifelong learning is important. Yep. Well, I think the uh, the example, so when we're, when we're looking at like Jesus, we're looking at him, uh, again, as the example versus uh, just looking at him strictly as our Savior. Because, I mean, that's something that he did, none of us can do. None of so, us, right. So, yeah. we, you know, we, we see that and then, yeah, the reality that he, and there's a, 
several things that play into this, but you know, one, it's a it's a sign of his humility, humility, and uh, that you know, and this is reflected in uh, Philippians, you know, that though he was in the form of a servant, yeah, he emptied uh, did himself. Not, did, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but yeah. emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant. Um, you know, and so you realize that that's that's part of it too, is to, mm-hmm. to recognize there are authorities over us, and uh, specifically there are authorities that are there to teach and guide us. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. God created the family in a real sense of that's the commission to Adam and Eve be fruitful, multiply, have dominion over the earth, and subdue it. Uh, that's the the commandment: honor your father and your mother. Is this you know, it's not, it's to honor them, not simply by like giving them gifts or whatever. It, it's actually by learning from their example and, mm-hmm. and instilling it and carrying it on and then passing it on. Uh, so there's a, a, an aspect of humility there uh, with Jesus learning. There's the aspect of like, this is something that he is so wrapped up in and this is not simply i mean he goes to the synagogues when he's older but i'm sure that it's not just because he knows everything he's there as an example to be in the presence of the word of god to to show what worship looks like and to show that there is still value in this why we get together around god's word um so there's you know i think there's a lot wrapped up into it and i know we're going to focus primarily on the uh learning the youth side, the young, the learning there, but I, I think that that's that example again from the humility mm-hmm. is some is that's because that's always if you're not humble, you don't think you can learn. Correct. Anything. That's exactly. I was just going to say, like humility is the starting point of education because you have to be willing to admit that you don't know what is being taught now. In the case of Jesus, when we're talking about like like he's still fully God at this point, right? Because right. just a few verses later, he's his parents are going to be astonished at the answers that he's giving to these people, and he tells them, which arguably I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but it mentions of him declaring himself the Son of God, where he says, "Why were you Did, looking for me? Did yeah. you not know that I must be in my Father's house?" Right. And this is a boy yeah. saying that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now they don't pick up stones to stone him. Then they will right. later on in his life. But yeah. I mean, he's he's not mincing words here. Yeah. He's there to learn, but he's also there to teach. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah I, I agree, and that's the he knows who he is, mm-hmm. but he also, I mean, that's that, that again. That's that, that he's subjecting himself to authority because he knows this is my father's house, and these are the teachers of the, of the law. And so, yeah, just as much as, because they're impressed with his, with his questions, yes, just as much as his answers. And so, you know, it's this conversation that's that's going on. Well, and then yeah. you know, a few verses after that, we get one of my you know favorite like proof texts, specifically for like uncultured dad and and our need for continual growth is right. Jesus increased in wisdom, wisdom and in stature, stature and in favor with God and men. Right, right. He grew intellectually. Yeah. With wisdom, he grew, you know, physically in stature. He grew spiritually in favor with God, and he grew socially. You know, the four pillars of growth that I I wrote about on Uncultured Dead, and 
And I think that that's important, especially for us as like dads, especially for us as men and leaders. I, I've always said this to like when I taught, we were both teachers too. So like we can right. also bring it from this perspective. But I used to talk to my students all the time and I used to tell them, listen, at the end of the day, the day you stop learning is actually the day you start dying. Because if your mind is not open to new information and you are not willing to learn new information, then all you're doing is just heading down that downhill trajectory. Right. Yeah. Well, and even that, uh, to take that a step further into eternity, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I heard my father-in-law talk about... Uh, Who is also this, a this teacher, a, correct? He's a correct. professor? Yep. yep. Okay. Um, and he talked about this in terms of actually at Christmas, uh, it, it kind of the word made flesh coming down that mm -hmm. um, God's word is something that we will ponder for all eternity. Like that was one of the, the themes in his sermon. And it's that reality is that this is a, we will spend eternity in the presence of God taking in who he is and just mm -hmm. continuing to to know him deeper and greater and more and more uh, and experience the fullness of who he is and who we're supposed to be correct uh, in that time. And so there is this sense of learning that, mm -hmm. that will continue to happen then. So, and that is eternal life. So I, I kind of like the, if you're not learning, you're dying. There's, there's some truth to that for not just a you know, sociological sense, correct, but a, but a, a theological sense. Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, I don't know why or when it happened, but it seems as though, and maybe it's just my circle, so if it is, condemn me, that's fine. <laughs> but it just seems like the more educated you became, the more ostracized you were. Yeah. And I don't know when that switched, right? Because I always felt like, and maybe I'm wrong in this too, but like when you think about like back to like the great awakenings and like, you know, the, you know, before technology and before, you know, internet and, and, and all that, like I always felt like when it came to scripture for sure, but also other things like the, the pastor of the church would always be maybe like one of the penultimate academics. Yeah. Right. When you think about yeah. Spurgeon, Edwards, right. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, uh, for sure, Luther, because he yep. I mean, he was academic by trade. Right. Calvin being a lawyer. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. and, um, even the Wesley brothers, like there, there's there's an intellect that existed in the pulpit that it seems like we've. Yeah. Shifted from for some reason mm -hmm. and and made learning. I don't know, yeah. like a lack of faith or something. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And and uh, so, a couple things on that. First, uh, I mean, when you go back, the university systems started right. out of the church. Yeah, That's, Harvard you, was a seminary. Princeton yeah. and Yale were both seminaries when they first right. started. Yeah, and even going back to Europe, I Correct. mean, that's that's what it that's what it was. Cambridge and they were, and Oxford did they not have the yeah. same? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it was and and up until really the Enlightenment, and this is this will be my second point. Uh, theology was called the Queen of Sciences because that yeah. was that was it. And yeah, your your clergy 
were extremely well educated. And when I say when I say extremely well educated, I mean this is before this is even before things are are mass produced in print. So I mean these guys are memorizing things Correct. and can just recall it like instantly. That's that's what blows my mind about Luther is how much he was able to not not just him but the, all the reformers sure, sure, yeah. in that time period and, and many of the even even the the uh the roman theologians they were all brilliant because i mean they just uh, they they were able to retain so much correct anyway um but yeah a lot it, less it, distractions too right <laughs> well yes yes which speaks and, and, to i think a lot of this correct and so but i do think that the change happens in the enlightenment yeah. and that, that makes sense. there's a, uh, there becomes a suspicion of those who know these things. And, uh, you know, and as, as modernity, modernity, uh, in the enlightenment, uh, pushes forward and there's, and becomes the this self greater... becomes the, the penultimate for reason and truth. Correct. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and so, and there's, and there's the divide of, well, now we, there are academics and they can do it outside of the church and whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and not to say that, I mean, you go back to the Greek philosophers, they were obviously brilliant as well and they were doing it outside right. of the church, but there, there definitely becomes this uh, split in that. And then, yeah, the, the questions of, and then when it turns on uh, attacking the church, like, so the historical critical method and yep. um, these, these types of things that come up that instead of, Kind of meeting that on the academic ground, right? I think the church said, "Well, we're just going to uh, turn turn into something, turn to something else, yeah, which is which is our our feelings." And so then, yeah, it became uh, over. And this is granted this this happens over two hundred years and such, uh, but the pastor and the leaders in in congregations, the requirement for education was no longer as as rigid as it was and it was simply you know how well do you know the bible and how well do you communicate with somebody correct and, or how big of a cheerleader are you well yeah that's that, you know that, what i mean that's true. Yeah, in, yeah in a lot of ways and and, it, and it's hurt because now as technology has grown and as you know information has become more readily available these, I mean, I hate to sound so judgmental, so I don't mean it in these terms, but I mean, I, I do mean it in these terms, but I don't mean it to sound judgmental, but like yep. these less educated pastors are the ones that get the platforms yep. and pastors have gone from writing systematic theologies and commentaries and things like that and are now writing self-help books. Right. Yeah. And yeah, all of that, all of that plays together um, in, in terms of how the culture has influenced the church and how you know things have uh changed and whatever in in the last especially the last 150 years correct uh, in the in the united states specifically and then like and then this is speaking from my own experience but then what ends up happening is there becomes this facade of education because you get these universities that start handing out honorary doctorates. Yeah. 
and those that receive those honorary doctorates d- decide to put doctor in front of their name right when they haven't earned anything yeah you know what i mean yeah and it's like yeah. there was one point in a church that i was in there was a doctor that was the pastor and i had more education than him yeah you know what i mean yeah but you would never know by the title right does that make sense like yeah 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 and yeah. i don't know like do you a lot of your guys that you send me stuff from are doctors right uh a lot of many of them yeah is it is it highly encouraged within the lutheran you know pastoral ranks to go on and get your doctorate uh I don't know if it's highly encouraged, but it is definitely not discouraged. And it, it's more of, are you, know, you going to, uh, I, I might not, not anytime soon, but, uh, maybe down the line. And then there's also, there are two, two types of doctorates that, that we recognize. Or, I mean, we recognize a bunch, but like within theology, within our, um, church body, uh, there's a doctor, there's a PhD, which is just, so normal, and I mean that's mm-hmm. the academic stuff, and that's uh, most. So all of our our professors, I think almost all of them have PhDs. Okay, but then but then there's also uh, a demon, yeah, a doctorate in ministry, which is more to compare. It would be practical. So and both of them are 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 good, but they they also, you know, like one is. If you wanted to stay as a pastor in a congregation, a demon is probably going to be more applicable. Whereas if you wanted to go on and be a professor somewhere, a PhD is going to be the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but overall, I mean, I, I think the because we became a very emotive culture, like yeah. everything was based on feelings, that, yeah, there was a high suspicion for academics. And I, I will say that I think the Lutherans uh, played into this in a time what we called Pietism, which was basically it, it became this: like, How do you know you're really a Christian? How do you know you're really, really saved? How do you know you're all these really, really, th- you know? Um, and, which I'm sure you know is not just in our circles. No, it's, but it's not. Yeah, um, and that that became more of the well, the cheerleader. Like, I, I, I guess I'm really, really saved because I'm feeling this and I'm doing this and all Correct. those things. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so, and that I think also because it turns you in on yourself, uh, it, it, it turned away from the academics. Now, I'm, I will also caveat that and say, just because someone is highly educated right. does not mean that they're uh, one to follow. Correct. Truth is yeah. still truth <laughs> is still truth. Correct. And regardless of and, how many letters come before or after your name, yeah, truth is truth, right? Well, Especially yeah. you know when you start talking about like you discuss that higher critical method and or right. historical critical, critical method, right? Yeah. yeah, um, which leads to an interesting thought, and you brought this up today, so I'm just going to read it. But Proverbs three five, right? When we yeah. talk about that turning into self and that enlightenment, and and really the whole chapter of Proverbs three, right? Yeah. Because my son, don't forget my teaching. Right. right, but let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and the year of life and peace they will add to you. Right, right? like understand that, knowing that. But then, like a direct contradiction to the enlightenment comes in verse five. Right, right. trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your 
own understanding. Right. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your and he will make straight your paths. The eternally sovereign version says. And I think that that is specifically important, right? Especially when we talk about like the example that Jesus set. Right. When he dealt with the religious people that were leaning to their own understanding. Right. Which of you will not wash your hands on the Sabbath day and eat bread? Right. If your son falls into a well, which one of you will not save right. him? On the, the the Sabbath was not, you know, made for man, but or the Sabbath was not made, the Sabbath was made for made man, for not man, man, not for, man for, the for the Sabbath. Sabbath right. Right. And and in that moment, it's that speaking truth to opinion that is so important that yep. we've really kind of need to take back a little bit. Yep. And I and I don't know in your church, but in, in our church, sometimes we get a lot of that opinionated, like, "Well, why didn't you do this?" Or I really wish we would do this kind of stuff. And it's like, it's your preference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's your opinion. Yeah, those things are inconsequential. Like mm-hmm. your your opinion of the Bible doesn't change the truth of the Bible. Right, exactly. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, like, that was, yeah. That was, uh, man, I, I, I sent you something to, today. Yeah, I don't I know if you've listened to it. it. Yeah. Oh, Not man, yet. it's it's good. I but will. He, uh, it's I still got to Beer- listen to that doggone sermon for, that Dustin brought up. I haven't had a chance oh, to do yeah. that. But. I, listened, I listened to that again, and it's, it, it's good. Ten shekel too. something. Uh, ten, uh, yeah, ten shekels and a shirt. Yeah, ten. Yeah, um, I've got to listen to it. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, but the uh, the thing that I sent to you today, one of the Dr. Bierman, one of the things he says, he goes, uh, "Jesus doesn't care about your feelings. He yeah. cares about and, and he cares about you." And and the I mean, it it, it was just like it it, it was it, it was really good, and it, and it plays into and it really it has to do with. Uh, you know, raising a child and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Proverbs 22, six, the train up a child in the way you should go. <laughs> he will not depart from it. So I had to have this conversation with Nora this week because yeah. she lost her mind before dinner one night. <laughs> and it was like, Nope, you're in your room for the rest of the night. We'll bring your food to you. Cause you're not going to act that way. Yeah. Your mom told you something to do. And you said, I want to, and I told you something to do. And you said, I want to. And I told her, yeah. I said, you're not a part of the team when you do that kind of stuff. Right. Because you're only thinking about yourself. Mm-hmm. If you want to be part of the team, you got to think about others more. Than, like, your feelings, right. and I, I want you to feel them, and I want you to understand them. I'm not trying to minimize them. Correct, correct. But they don't change the truth. Correct. That you were yeah. disrespectful, and you weren't being a team player for, you know, the Riley family is kind of how we've been phrasing things lately, right? Like, yeah. we're all in this together. We're a team. I love that Jesus doesn't care about your feelings. You're right. Yeah. Ben Shapiro even says facts don't care about your feelings, which right. is also, you know, right in the same vein. Yeah. Like yeah. your feelings don't matter. You are not the source of truth. Right. Which is why I That's... think the leaders in Luke 2 found his questions so interesting. Mm-hmm. Because couldn't you see like a young Jesus going, hmm, but what about da 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 da, right? Yeah. And them going, uh, who is this kid? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. man, I'd yeah. love to be a fly on well, the wall for that conversation. Yeah. And so there's um, so the Proverbs 3. Like, I, so we'll, we'll, 
we'll take a couple steps back here. Yeah, I guess that's fine. first. Um, so all of Scripture is about Jesus in some way, Correct. shape, or form. Correct. So it's pointing to him. It's a prophecy about him. It's it's words he fulfills. It's all of that. And so when we read Proverbs three, and especially and 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 especially Proverbs three, five, and six, you know, of course those verses are meant for us to hear and to believe them and to live them out too. But first, they were written about Jesus, and yeah. and so because that's that thing that my, you told that that was kind of that light bulb moment you told me about a few months ago. Because Solomon's with, writing it to his son, right? Exactly, yeah. and his sons turn out to be terrible. Yeah, um, split so the kingdom, this, right? Yeah, <laughs> and and so you you start to you go, okay, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. And you you start to realize, okay, yeah, Solomon. Well, one, he's not the best example because he no. you you know turns. Oh, but this still ends up in scripture as you know God's inspired word for well for Jesus first, but then for us as well. And so you start to realize, okay, wait a second, this is God communicating something, and it's actually He's communicating to the faithful one. And there's a, a part of this also that if you just, if you kind of, and this is hard to do, but if you kind of take out of your mind for a second that anybody knows that Jesus is God and you, and you just read his story without that, um, you know, knowing the, he, he's the eternal son of God, you, you start to see things fit together more in terms of like uh, his his obedience and his faithfulness is to this God of Israel. And he's doing things that are going to challenge, that are going to challenge people and that are ultimately going to get him crucified because that's, that's, that's how the story just from a human perspective plays out. But then God vindicates him by raising him saying, you guys, he was what all the things he was talking about was right. Uh, so, you know, all, all of that, when we talk about, let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you that this is, Jesus is actually from the man, from just the human perspective, Jesus is actually taking that seriously and doing this and carrying it out. And then let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So that as he's growing, he's actually doing this and demonstrating it, even though the people think he's crazy. I mean, well, mm -hmm. the religious leaders think he's crazy. Um, people think he's wonderful for a time because he's also doing all these other miracles. Like, who is right. this guy? Um, right. But it, it, you, you start to see this as things as playing out. And then, the, of course, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Uh, and, and when you really see this, where it comes out again, just from the human side, mm -hmm. uh, not of not seeing the crucifixion as the atoning sacrifice yet, but just seeing him as, you know, when the people come up and question him, you know, he trusted God. Where let let his God deliver him, and then he dies. But yet, God raises him, and right. Jesus knew, and he says from the cross, "Father, into your hands I commend myself." Um, or I commend my spirit. And so you realize like 
it, it, he has done the trusting in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding all the way to the point of death. Right. And God says, yep, he was faithful. So, uh, and then it goes, goes on, be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones, which mm-hmm. is exactly what the resurrection is. Right. Um, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of bats will be bursting with wine. Now, of course, Jesus didn't have a farm, like in the sense that we think, but how does he talk about the church and all the people? Often vineyard and off your, mm-hmm. often um, illustrations that have to do with agriculture. Correct. Um, and so, Vines so, and branches. And yeah. And, you know, he so, himself even being prophesied as a tree in the root of David. And exactly. Isaiah and Jeremiah. Correct. And so, and then my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof for the Lord reproves him whom he loves. Mm-hmm. And as a father, the son in whom he delights. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly, uh, what Jesus, I mean, that's, that's what Jesus experiences, not in the sense of he did anything wrong and was punished by God, but that's what people are seeing. Correct. I mean, that's, that's what they're seeing on the cross. Yet Correct. God raises, and so, so when we think about his growth mindset, um, that throughout his whole life, Jesus is doing this and acting faithful to the Lord, uh, regardless of the people around him, and he is continuing, especially as even as a young child, to learn uh, the discipline that God has has uh, is putting upon him, um, and carries that all the way to the point of death, and then God the Father raises him from the dead to prove he was the faithful one. He's the one who did trust always uh, with his whole heart and, and lean not on his own understanding, in, mm-hmm. again, in that human sense, uh, and was shown to be the one, the chosen one. So, anyways, that's that's where, like, the when we, we were talking about the growth mindset, that's what came to my mind of, well, this is Jesus being the obedient son who binds the commandments on his heart, who carries them out, who uh, always remembers God's steadfast love and faithfulness, even as he's being, even as he's hanging on the cross, you know, all of that. And that's the example that we take also, that even in the tough times that we're going through, where we feel like, where is God in this? Those are learning opportunities for us not to lean on our own understanding and grow right. from it, but to trust Christ in the middle of it. Well, and I mean, it's also a fulfillment of Psalms 1, right? Yeah. yeah Blessed yeah. is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of law. the Lord. And on He's his like law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by springs of water, which will bear fruit in its due season. Hey, there's your yeah. agriculture analogy yeah. again. Then its leaves do not wither, and all that he does he prospers. So the wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the day of judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Yeah. Yeah. So practically, Um, let's mm -hmm. talk about this for a few minutes, right? Yeah. We can talk about having a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. We can talk about looking and, and, you know, any day that you're not learning, you're dying. Yep. How does a dad in 2024, how does a man in 2024 go, okay, 
growth mindset. Let's start attacking it. Yeah. Right? Like what 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 is that process? First, I think it starts with discipline. Mm-hmm. I think you have to resolve in your mind that you want to be a lifelong learner. Yeah. And then what? So I I, I think it begins with humility, recognizing right. there's there's always more to learn. Uh I think also you have to assess kind of where you are in mm-hmm. in your life. You know, the a young man is very different than uh, a, a, a well. So a teenager is very different than a, a young man. Young man is is very if he's unmarried is very different than a, a married, married man. man. A married man uh, for five years is very different than a married man for ten years, twenty mm-hmm. years, twenty five years. Obviously, as uh, if you become a father. And then a grandfather at that point, you know, and so there is this uh, maturation of how do I, what are the things that I should know and, and should be learning? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was, that was a, a real change. I know for me was going from living the single life and like being self-sufficient mm-hmm. to now having to care for a wife. And so yeah. it was that even if I had known like, knowledge wise all the things that you know i've read all the books about marriage or whatever still that experience was something i had to learn in um and i think that's a key right when we talk about knowledge and we talk about growth mindset and we talk about you know being a lifelong learner that doesn't mean reading 100 books a year that means growing in wisdom and intellect for sure But it also means growing in stature physically. It also means growing in favor with God. And it also means growing socially, right? There's there's these different like pillars, I guess, or or you know, ways that you can learn on a daily basis. It doesn't have to just be, you know, read this book by this church father. And yes, you should do those things. Right. But it shouldn't be the only thing that you're doing to say that you are learning. How right. well do you know your wife? Right. Right. How well do you know your kids? How well do you, you know, understand your local government and your involvement there? Right. Like, right. All yeah. these different things can play into being a lifelong learner. Yeah. Well, to give a real easy example from the military, I can show you a hundred slides on the M4, mm-hmm. how it breaks down, how you yep. load it, how you're supposed to shoot it, all that stuff. But until you actually have one in your hands and mm-hmm. go through the disassembly, reassembly, the functions check, take it out on the range and put a, a magazine in there and pull the trigger for the first time, you're not going to know what that's like. And then you're until you do that and start correcting from those shots that you're putting down range, I mean, that's where the actual knowledge and wisdom come about from that Mm -hmm. so yeah it is it's definitely i'm not saying don't read books that's that's a a, a wonderful thing definitely read books but also there is this it has to be lived out in some way and Mm -hmm. and i I think that's that is true broaden it to the whole church for a second you know the the reality is when we get together and we hear god's word and there Mm -hmm. are instructions in there it's not like oh that, that sounds good it yeah. sounds like a, you know, uh, if this is if, if this is what heaven will be like. Oh, that sounds great. Well, no. When we're instructed, love your neighbor as yourself. We actually got to put like 
hands and feet to that and try yes. to do that. So that's why I color code it in my Bible. <laughs> yeah. That's why like commands are blue. I when I yeah. see blue, I know that's what I need to do. Right. And I did not intentionally yeah. mean to rhyme that, but you yeah. know, I'm a poet and I don't know it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, and so so back to specifically for for dads, you know, it is or for for husbands, for dads, for for men, you know, it is finding assessing where you are. Mhm. Getting, getting, I mean, whether it's uh, reading or listening to, you know, podcasts or other uh, sources of wisdom, but then actually like getting your hands dirty because mm-hmm. that's going to be the thing that teaches you the most. Um, I would not know how to love my wife without actually trying to love her. Correct. And I would not know how to love my kids Correct. without having to try to love them. And then. Correct how to react when it doesn't go exactly the way I think it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that again, um, there's a, I, I brought this up before and it's kind of, it's related, but it's a little different. And that is that the, uh, in, in the church, there are two teachers. There's the word of God and the whole, well, the Holy spirit who uses the word of God and experience. Yeah. Like that's, that's it. And, you know that that's uh, how we grow as Christians are, is actually believing God's word and then living our lives in in this world, um, trusting Him. And I think that that's key, right? And and there's so many supplemental things that you can do to read God's word, but if they are replacing the actual cracking of your Bible open. They aren't supplement anymore. They're distraction from. Like, I always go back to the daily bread. Listen. And, and you have, I mean, you've even showed me like the, the Lutheran, um, yeah. what are they called? The, the portals um, of prayer. Yes, portals yeah. of prayer. Like, those things are great, right? And they're, they're, they're wonderful as supplemental to actually opening your mm-hmm. Bible. Right. And conversing and meeting and relating yeah. to your creator face to face on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. Use it, the daily bread, use the portals of prayer, use those things as supplement to, you know, the reading that you do every day. Well, and you think about so uh to go back to Jesus as the example in this this regard, um, you know, Mary sings her uh Magnificat. Now, this is before mm-hmm. Jesus is born, of course. Correct. But in it, the way she sings it, it sounds like what well, sounds like Hannah's song from First Samuel. Samuel. Um, and it sounds like the Psalms. And mm-hmm. so you you be you begin to realize that this is you know she is she has had that word ingrained into her, and I am sure as Joseph, who is a righteous and devout man, um has had the word ingrained into him through, mm-hmm. and I would say probably primarily through the Psalms, although they, I'm sure they know the stories as well. Sure. And that that's cultivated in Jesus because yes, they know he's the son of God, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they see him as a little boy. And so they're probably teaching him these things and, you know, he, he's learning to sing them or to, to pray them and whatever. And then, you know, 30 years later, granted, I get it. He's the author. He probably already knows it. But sure. again, from that just that human side, 
when they're going out and uh, they sing a psalm, you know, the night that he's uh, betrayed, and then, um, or in the other places where he's just quoting scripture to them, you know, the, what does David mean when he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right, right hand, you know, all, all these things. And I, well, then obviously, like, have you not read? And, Picking you know, up the scroll in the temple and reading from Isaiah, so, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Right. So that, that this was, uh, again, from a, if it's just a completely looking at a human side, he knew those things because mm-hmm. he was immersed in them. Correct. Um, and so. Yeah, just just pure saturation with the word of God. Right. Right. One thing that I've been doing uh, since the new year, uh, I told you the last few days have been a little bit rough, so it's been a little bit of a, a struggle there. But um, Ligonier Ministries, which I understand is Presbyterian, so don't hate me. But at the same time, uh, R.C. Sproul used to do Renewing Your Mind with that, even though he's gone on. Mm-hmm. Every day they put out a 15 to 20 minute, you know, yeah. podcast of him. Um, and I've been listening to those, and he's going through the New Testament, like basic sum- sum- summations of, of the New Testament books. And like when I go to the gym, which is probably why I haven't been listening to because I haven't gone over the last couple of days. But like when I go to the gym, that's the first thing that I load up, and I'll yep. listen to that. And then after that, it's my worship playlist, right? Right. So I like try to redeem that gym time. But that helps me like focus, right? Because then mm-hmm. like I learned like, he just talked about Hebrews in the last one that I listened to. Um, and he said, if there was, if I was ever put in prison and was allowed to have one book, it would be the Bible. Right. But if I could only have, you know, uh, one chapter from that Bible, it would be 1 Corinthians 15. Right. And he said, if I could only have one book from that Bible, it would be Hebrews. And I found that very interesting. And yeah. he goes, you know, some people are going to ask me, you know, why not Romans? He goes, I, the justification by faith thing, like I, I, I understand that. And I kind of get mm-hmm. that, right? Romans is great, and I love it. He goes, but yeah. the mystery and the the wonder and the truth that is just poured out in Hebrews. Uh, he goes, I yeah. think that would be the book that I took. That's interesting. Yeah, because I would, I, I would, I would go with the Psalms. And, sure. In that case, because I just think there's you, you, uh, again, you know what book I would take. Um, it, it'd be Romans. I was going to say Jude. It's true. Questioning but, my intellect there? Is that what you're yeah, doing? The shortest yeah, one so that I right, didn't have to spend much time? Thanks. I appreciate your condescension from your Lutheran tower I, on I'm, my Baptist ways. I'm, I'm here, <laughs> here for you, bud. Here for you. But, yeah, the, uh, I mean, I, well, again, I, I think because, and I, I, Hebrews is a great choice, and there are so much of the Old Testament in there. Right. Uh, you know, that, that, that would be, uh, yeah, there's a lot to, to ponder and meditate on. But I, I do like, I would say the Psalms just because, again, they, they run the gamut of human emotion. Yeah. Um, you know, the highest highs and the lowest lows are all there. And, you know, to pick those up and to, uh, to read them and to meditate upon them, just like, I mean, just like Psalm 1, uh, you know. Who delights in the law of the Lord, meditates on it day and night, and when those become part of, you know, really your speech mm-hmm. and your language, mm-hmm. that this it really starts to, you know, help you, uh, well, kind of see the world, but then also help you communicate with God. I mean, you kind of learn like what to pray for and realize, mm-hmm. you know, God, like God, God wants us to pray to Him 
when we're desperate. Uh, yeah. How long, O oh Lord? In you my know, distress, I cried upon uh, the Lord, it, and from it, his temple he heard my voice. Right, yeah. And then, but then also, he wants us to praise him, you know, in yeah. the things that are, the, the times that are great. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of Hebrews, and I'm trying to uh, flip to it kind of silently here, uh, but there's a another passage about uh, Jesus learning uh, mm-hmm. that I, I, I think is uh, interesting or at least helpful. In the, and so um, this is from uh, chapter 5. Uh, uh, 5, 8? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And well, certain and seven in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered and being made perfect, became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, designated being designated by God, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so you see that there's a lot more to pull out of that. But just so that's on the experiential on, learning, like you were talking about, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. exactly that's exactly it. That this is, you know, uh, prayers and supplications, trusting God, uh, loud cries and tears, you know, mm-hmm. you, uh, emotion, yeah, and then uh, to, knowing that God was able to save him from death, and, and God heard him because uh, because of Jesus' reverence of his of his faithfulness, and he although he was a son, he learned obedience. So you know that there's this this growth that happens mm-hmm. um, with it, and so yeah, so kind of I guess jumping back into the the practical side of things, um, that experience and that you you learn from it, even the negative experiences, mm-hmm. um, even what you suffer, what you you know have to to wrestle with, even even the your own sin that you're wrestling against. Um, just the, the quick temper that you have or yeah. the, you know, snide remarks that you make or whatever it is that you're, you're actually learning to, mm. as James talks about, tame the tongue and you're learning to control your passions and mm. doing that. That's, that's, that is learning too. Um, not that Jesus ever really had to do any of that, but learning obedience Right. I mean, that's 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 what we're called to do. That's Romans start the bookends of it are so the obedience of faith. Correct. Correct. And I, and I think that that's important. And and it's why I think in you know these early episodes of 2024, like we hit that kind of stuff, right? Like yeah, tonight was kind of a fleshing out this idea of of the growth mindset that you know Jesus exemplified and and how we can and be like that. But if we're going to make 2024 better than we did, you know, in 2023, as we pursue God and, and pursue his word and, and all of that, well, our time management, which we talked about last week, go check that out if you haven't listened, um, is going to be important because that time management is going to affect the way that we learn, right? Yeah. You're not going to be able to learn academically if you don't have time for it. you got to right. create time for it. But then also, if you're just bouncing from experience to experience and not taking time which is what right. the next episode of the Like Jesus series is going to be like, is that idea of solitude, right? Yeah. Of, of taking time to actually like reflect on experiences. Right. And the lessons that can be learned. I mean, 
I went to NTC back in September. Everybody knows this, right? We've talked about it. Yep. And on my to-do list since September is write the lessons learned from NTC. Yep. Have I been able to carve out time and actually sit down and reflect on what went on? I haven't yet, right? Yep. Because I haven't created that time and I need to do that. But it's just, you know, getting to that point yep. where it's, okay, what can I learn? What can I take, good or bad in this yep. situation? What am I being taught? Well, so I would, I would be willing to bet, I don't know about today, but I would say sometime by the end of the week, the Michigan staff is going to go back and look at oh, yeah. the game and go, okay, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? Oh, yeah. And, and they're going to reflect on it and evaluate and process it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and they're going to then go forward with, like, how do we, how do we get better? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's just what. I mean, I realize it's the nature not, of sports is correct, right? Yep. But that's but that's that's it. There's a there is, and there is a. Um, but if that's a, the com- nature of sports, how much more should be the attitude of eternal correct. purpose? Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Right, and that's and and that is again. Um, go, why, you know, when we pr- so when we pray the Lord's prayer, we're talking, we're asking for these things to come. But there's also a sense of reflection yeah. that's in there of okay. When we pray, Thy will be done, and we can think through. Okay, God, this is what uh, you brought me through today, mm-hmm. in the last week, in the last month, last year, last forty years, you know, wh- whatever it is, um, and, and you know that you're you're continuing to to have your will done in my life, and you know, give us this day our daily bread that we're reflecting in thanksgiving on what we have received in that mm-hmm. day, yeah. and then um, you know. Uh, there's just this, well, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, reflecting on, okay, God, you know, I you know, failed to do whatever it was today, failed to love my life and love my wife, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as I should have, you know, given up all my time uh, or given, given of myself for her the way Christ has given uh, himself for the church. So you know, there's that, there, there is a, a, a forced meditation when you slow down and think about what you're praying um that 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 comes with it and i think that that's also a good you know i i don't know if you guys use the have you ever talked about the acts uh a-c-t-s yeah and that that that, that's a adoration mm -hmm. confession thanksgiving supplication correct yeah because you 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 start to again forces you to reflect okay adore god first okay who is who is your god what has he done for you Thanksgiving, um, or, or excuse me, well, confession. confession, you know, yeah, again, of the things that I've, I've messed up, whatever. Um, but then in Thanksgiving and you reflect on, you know what, God, it was a, uh, you know, there was a tough situation that I had today with that employee, mm-hmm. but you helped me, um, you to, to keep my cool and, you know, I'm thankful that I have the job that I have and that I do have this employee or what, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, but, the, but it, it causes that reflection and that causes that growth. Um, there's, a, you know, we've kind of, I don't know if we've actually said this in a podcast or not, but you know, prayer changes us more than it changes God because God's sovereign, but and he doesn't change. Yeah. It, but you know, that's, that's actually why we should pray. He already knows what we're going to request correct um yet 
we are learning at that point to trust in him more. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, I mean, maybe that's what the goal for 2024 is for, I know not, no one has it figured out, but maybe if you just started there, like learning to be better in prayer. Yeah. Right. Um, those things are super important because as we'll talk in another like Jesus fleshing out episode, Jesus was a prayerful person. Yeah. And if we're to be like Jesus, we need to know and learn how to pray, pray. too. Yeah. So in 2024, have a growth mindset, develop, start by assessing where you're at and then reflecting on the lessons that you can learn on a daily basis because the day you stop learning is the day you start dying. And so that's going to do it for us on the Two Chaps Pod tonight. He's Coleman, and I'm AJ. We will see you next week. And as always, Coleman, stay uncultured. We'll see you later. I had a thought that I was going to talk to you about after this. I do not. It'll come to me, like, tonight at, like, 3 in the morning. Right. Um, You'll get a text message from you. Yeah. No, I, even when I have early morning thoughts... I type them into the text message and then don't and send them till like eight in the morning <laughs> gotcha. just because, uh, yeah, that's not, uh, I don't, yeah. I don't want to be that guy that sends texts to people that they have to wake up to. And yeah, and I, I refuse to refuse to do that. But no, I, I think, uh, man, I forget. I'm like how I'm only thinking about what I was trying to tell you. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Slip my mind. I, the, yeah. So, well, just a question on like, um, have you ever heard like I, I don't know if there's a method for it or, or whatever, but it was kind of just it was kind of just thrown at us in, in seminary, at least one of my classes. But um, so we call it from from below. So there's there, like when you when you approach a biblical story, God's 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 reality. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do it from above, which is kind of taking okay the things that you know about God, like how God is and, and understanding the, the story from that. So that would be the easiest comparison is uh, the story from above of Christ's incarnation is John one mm-hmm. eternal. The story from below is seeing Mary pregnant, giving birth to a son. And so there it's this, this uh, idea mm-hmm. of, of kind of excluding all the, uh, the kind of looking at Jesus, pull, trying to pull out all of the, he's omnipotent, he's, om, uh, you know, omniscient. Which is what you were trying to do tonight, right? Yeah. With the, right. yeah. Yeah. I've and, never heard of that, to be honest with yeah. you. And, and it, what, why, it, why I think it's so interesting is because it, it adds a, a depth to uh, the, well, the crucifixion, I mean, obviously, we all look at that, and this is, and you can't help doing this because this is how Paul talks about it. This is how Hebrews talks about it. Um, we look at that and go, okay, that's that's the atoning sacrifice. It is, but if you're if you're if you don't know that about Jesus at at that time, and especially if you're just like the disciples who were there, mm-hmm. and you're going, okay, this guy was like, he was doing all these awesome things we saw him we saw him calm a storm like nobody else does that right what's what's he doing dying there um you know it's kind of the 
the disciples on the Emmaus road. Yeah. That's what they're, that that's our hearts they're so not burn with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you, when you, when you see it that way, like there's a, a wonder that's actually like the resurrection, like becomes this totally mind blowing reality of just like, wait a second. He was the, he trusted God and God did deliver him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it, when he says, when he says on the cross, my God, my God, why are you, why have you forsaken me? That's everybody thinking that, well, yeah, of course he's forsaken you. You're on that cross there. But then wait a second. He, he rises. Yeah. Um, and the other kind of to take that a step further, when you read how Peter preaches in acts two, that's kind of the, the, the thing that he goes after. Um, he brings up, it's the, it was the eternal foreign, uh, plan of God from before, um, according, delivered up according to his, his purposes. So there's that hint of, okay, that's already there, but it, it's, it's still like he's preaching that these people don't, I mean, that they can't understand that he's the eternal son of God. There's just, I think there's an experiential thing when reading the text kind of from that perspective, because we tend to, because we see the whole story and have it complete and have had it preached to us so many times and have had so much interpretation and, and also, you know, so many other debates and stuff about it. Right. That looking at it from that, from that lens, uh, gives us a, a more awe and wonder to experience. Yeah, I've never, I don't know, I, that's where I, I, I like, feel a little bit at a, at a disadvantage, right, when it comes to, my undergraduate, I feel like, was relatively worthless. Just throwing all cards on the table. Mm-hmm. And then, my MDiv, I did online, so I didn't really have, like, that classroom experience, Right. So anything that I pursue or I try to do is really on my own. And, you know, I did it online and I, and I did it that way because that option was afforded to me by my university and I needed to, you know, for the life season that we were in and what we were trying to accomplish, that was, you know, necessary. But yeah, I don't, uh, I've never, I've never thought of it that way, um, and I don't know if I would be able to actually like wrap my mind around trying to do that right now, and without like having to deconstruct a lot of programming that has already, you know, gone into the the mind and the soul. Yeah. No, it, it, and it was that was what was the challenge for us right. in, in seminary, and that's that's why it was it was uh, kind of. Uh, it, it was beautifully painful, if that makes sense, because yeah. we had to think this way because it's what our professor was doing. Correct. Um, but it was also like this is actually beneficial. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, now I was going to say something, and see, I can't man, I'm telling you, it's, it's this weekend. Must be. It's just keeps happening. Yeah. All weekend, so. Well, good, man. Um, I'm going to sign off of Spotify and Apple. Thank you for hanging out a little bit longer. 
We will see you guys next week. As always, stay uncultured. Hey, everybody, just want to thank you once again for spending some time with the Two Chaps Pod today. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to our channel. Pound that bell for notifications so you can be notified when our latest content drops. If you're on social media, we are all over the place, including the brand new threads from Meta. And I do want to remind you, for longer content, including pre-show and post-show audio, make sure you've subscribed on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Two Chaps Pod. And until then, stay uncultured.